Hey, good morning and uh, or good afternoon rather here from the USA and uh, this is your host Sean Smith and of course if you don't know me which you probably do if you're jumping on this but um, I don't speak with an American accent because I am originally from South Africa so um, here we are and in the Facebook group um, we started yesterday <laughs> I kind of like um, Monday morning I woke up and uh, as I began to pray and meditate this is something I've been wanting to do for some time but just like didn't have uh, thanks Imran um, just didn't have the the um, the what what would I use the word is I just didn't have the initiative from the spirit to start I've always wanted to do this and I've been talking about it and sort of uh, dabbling with it etc in the Facebook group but the whole point of the Facebook group was to actually start um, a kind of academy kind and I don't want to call it a Bible school but because that becomes like the old way of doing things um, but really an academy of um, gaining a new perspective on your leadership and uh, because like you um maybe definitely me i've been doing you know been in ministry for 40 years uh, 42 years with my wife and uh, we've experienced the good the bad the ugly the horrible the worst the excellent the best of leadership in the church um and the church in the marketplace so you know it's just like uh, i got to a point when a leader destroyed everything around me in my life instead of I was looking for to him to help me to guide me to invest in me I was looking to him to be a father in my life and I've done that for the number of men I was just looking are there any fathers in the world you know I, I wasn't looking to test them I was I needed that I didn't want to do ministry just the way everybody did it because that's the way it's done I wanted direction I wanted an establishment I wanted that apostolic fathering and you know they basically this guy basically because it wasn't about him um it was you know i wasn't directing everything to him he wasn't you know everybody wasn't gravitating to him he wasn't the most important most significant thing that had ever happened in our lives um he basically destroyed everything around me um within a matter of a year uh, well, it turned out to be months. He dismantled everything, destroyed me, destroyed my my, my the the whole the whole ministry, which in one sense was a blessing, simply because um, I it it made me and forced me to relook, rethink, reassess, uh, reevaluate, rediscover, renew the whole concept of what is leadership. In the body of Christ, there's many, many, many books on it: Christian books and worldly books, courses, etc., etc. But nobody I've discovered. Well, in fact, it was one person, but very, very few talk about kingdom leadership. It's always about leadership from their church perspective or their, uh, you know, business perspective, etc. But I find very few people discover and share from a from a um, kingdom perspective from Jesus perspective of how he did leadership how he wanted leadership what he taught on leadership how he instructed the disciples on leadership and so um, I, that was kind of my desire then is that we we begin to infuse this we need leaders in the world we need leaders in the church we need leaders um, in the world, in the marketplace, in the various areas of of our society, in the different cultural areas, we need leaders who uh, come with a with a kingdom perspective. People are hungry for for the kingdom of God. They're not wanting your gifting. They're not wanting your um, your, your church, your denomination, your organization. Um, they're not looking for those things, your great preaching, your great prophecies. Um, that's not what they're looking for. They're not even wanting to, you know, <laughs> uh, yeah, anyway, let me not get into all of that. It's just like, they're looking for the kingdom of God. They're looking for a, the thing that they were designed and created for, um, which we find in the book of Genesis, uh, starting in Genesis 1 and chapter 2. 
So, um, so basically, this was the whole idea. That's what I wanted to start with. Now, I, so Monday, God lays this on my heart. And I'm kind of like the person, if God speaks, I act. I wait for years and years and years for, for, the, for God to give me the go-ahead. And when he gives me the green line, I run. And so yesterday, I ran. I, Monday morning... Oh, yesterday morning I woke. Monday morning I woke up with it, and uh, and I just be, I stewed on it all day on Monday. Yesterday I launched um, the academy, and you can see the banner on the on the on the um, on the Facebook group. I've changed to reflect the academy because I really want to encourage you. If you're a leader, or you're aspiring to be a leader, if you are in the marketplace, if you're in ministry, it doesn't really matter. Um, if you're aspiring to be a leader, even if you think you're not a leader. Hop on because you know Jesus said, um, uh, "The blind lead the blind; they both fall in a ditch." And the Lord spoke to me like a year or two ago, and He said, "One of the problems with people is they are as blind as the leaders. And if people are not blind, they will choose their leaders properly, you know, and uh, they will follow the right person who's not blind. Because a blind leader is somebody who doesn't have revelation, doesn't have a sense of purpose." is not uh, representing the kingdom of God. A blind leader, uh, and the, Jesus was talking about it in the, in, the, uh, in the Gospels, he was talking about blind leaders because they were religious leaders, and they were leading people that were caught up in religion, and they're both going to fall in a ditch. So two, two um, purposes, two missions we have here is, one is to take away blindness in leaders, um, just to say, hey, re rethink where you are right now and what you're doing. Just rethink it. Just take another perspective. Don't just polish the lens of, of your perspective that you're looking through right now. Maybe you need to change the lens. And when you change the lens, maybe you'll see things a little differently. Consider this. That's really what I want to do is, um, is create a bit of a revolution in your thinking and uh, stir you up to rethink and relook at what you do and why you do it. Why do you do what you're doing right now and, and the way you're doing it? And so um, because we need to rethink two things. One is we need leaders to rethink and get rid of blindness so they can lead with clarity and with vision, with a kingdom vision. And two, we need people um, to come out of blindness so that they can follow with clarity and people who have clarity don't just choose people because they celebrity because they so-called powerful um this is a this is a deception in the body of christ really it is uh, we we've got to be careful of these things and i'm telling you some of the true leaders today are obscure we don't see them but yet they making impact in people's lives don't follow the politician because they just sound good or because mass media, you know, pumps them up and promotes them. You know, it's just like, do you know that a lot of these leaders have uh, PR um, coaches or, you know, public relations people who who project a image of who they are. That's not really them. They project. They want you to see that image. You, they want you to see them as that. But there's nothing authentic about that. They're not really real. So um, we've got to be careful who we follow. And so that's if you're a leader, an aspiring leader, or you just want to know more about leadership. This is the, the mystery of leadership is that oftentimes we think that, well, it's not me, so I'm not going to be bothered about it. Well, you know, the whole concept for me about leadership is it's not about title. It's not about position. It's not about who's the most powerful, who's the most anointed. It, you know, because every, well, anyway, it's just, um, it's about who is prepared, who is prepared to find their potential and purpose in God, begin to map out their journey and begin to influence and inspire and impact people's lives with it, with their purpose. That's really what it is. This is about discipleship in, in, in the nutshell. All right, so here we go. Um, today I'm talking about um, a different topic. It's something I wanted to talk about. What are the kingdom foundations for leadership? There are many. I, I can't cover it all in this one session today, but what I want to do is just 
throw out some concepts that I want you to think about as a leader. And um, this is going to affect you if you are in church, leading a church, uh, you know, a, a local church, if you're in ministry, but also if you are in the marketplace. You must remember something is that when Jesus said go into all the into all the world, the word there is nations and make going to go and make disciples of all nations. The word is ethnos. It means um, culture groups. Um, ethnos is not just about our boundaries of nation of of a nation. It's about the tribes. It's about the cultural groups within that um, nation or in the geographical locations. And so, culture can be not only a nation. It can be different people groups. It can be. Uh, within within the context of a nation, there are people groups. Oftentimes, we misconstrue uh, people being different to us as, um, you know, whatever. Um, and really, it's just about cultural differences. And we've got to embrace those cultural differences and understand people are culturally different. If you go, uh, in my country, if you go to an Afrikaans place, the Afrikaans people tend to gravitate because language sets a culture generally. or And a language doesn't necessarily mean they can be speaking English, but speaking it differently to the other people that are speaking English. You understand? So you have Afrikaans, you have English, and the two... Uh, <laughs> you know don't quite mix they they cross pollinate but they don't mix a lot you know often you'll find afrikaans people meet with afrikaans people english people meet with Afri english people they go to you know a community kind of setting in that they live in the same kind of town etc now you've got all these different but you know the medical field is a cultural group uh the the um the education, the business, and and then in business, there's different tribes, different things, and all of them are different. So we need to understand that, but we are called to influence all of them. We are called to, uh, by God, to go in, not to run away from the concept of monastery mentality, escape. We've carried escape like uh, God's going to take us off the earth, away from all the trouble, all the the debt, all the problems here. And we're going to be caught away, uh, you know, from all of this. When God's telling you, you've got to engage it. You've got to change it and engage it to change it. You've got to transform it. You've got to go into um, I've called you out to send you back in. That's basically what it means. And uh, um, Jesus said, I, you know, I, to his, about his disciples in John 17, he said, I'm, I'm, I've, I've called them out, but I'm sending them back, you know, go. And it says he's thrusting us out. <laughs> so it's just like he's pushing us out back into the cultural uh, settings of the world so that we can become an influence. He hasn't called us to escape. And that sort of mentality to escape from the earth is, is transferred into um, us escaping from the world. We want to work for a Christian company. We want to have a Christian party. We want to have a Christian government. We want to have a, you know, everything Christian. But we, what we're not doing is taking who we are and going in and taking the influence of the kingdom of God into where we're supposed to be. And that's one of the reasons you need to be a kingdom leader. Now, there are a couple of terms that we need to understand. Number one is that Jesus in Matthew 16, 18 said this, I say to you that you are Peter and on this rock, I will build my church and the gates of Hades will not overpower it by preventing the resurrection of Christ or um, that's now from the Amplified Version, but the gates of hell will not prevail against it or overpower it. And um, the word, when Jesus used the word church, it wasn't as strange. You know, Peter and the guys didn't say, uh, what are you talking about? What is a church, Jesus? We don't understand that concept. What does that mean? He, he wasn't introducing something new. He was, uh, Jesus had been in inserted into the world at a certain time that in that carried um a, a kind of <laughs> a certain time in that that was the roman time the romans had in fact invaded um and occupied the land of israel in fact they'd occupied the most of the known world at that point in time a very very powerful empire um that had ruled and they had taken concepts from the from the greeks 
and adopted those philosophical concepts and structures and ways of thinking and promoted it right throughout the Roman realm, uh, empire. And so we see these things coming to the fore in the midst of um, the time that Jesus arrives. And so right at that point in time, the highways were running, you know, the, the Romans had built highways. There was there was tremendous trade going on to, within the different parts of the Roman Empire. Um, and uh, there was this influence coming in, Roman influence. And the Roman influence was citizens were gathered together um, as a Senate, uh, as a governing kind of um, unit. And that unit was called Ecclesia. And those, that unit would be sent to a nation that had been uh, conquered and occupied. And they were to now begin to infuse the laws, um, the language, the concepts, the behaviors of Rome into that culture, into that society. And, um, and these guys would do it. They would receive a law from Rome uh, from the from the from the Caesar, and they would now um, make it practical or and implement that law within the context of their um, of that occupied territory. These were citizens from Rome. They understood Rome. They stood for Rome. They understood the constitution of Rome. And when the king, when when the emperor would give that law, that um, direction, they would take that and now implement. And that was they were called um, the ecclesia. Ecclesia is the word church. So when Jesus said, um, "I will build on this rock, not the Peter rock." The Peter rock was a small stone. Um, but the, the, the rock that Jesus was talking about was the rock of the kingdom of God that he had been begun preaching. And so the, he said, on this, on this revelation of the kingdom, I will build my ecclesia. As opposed to the Roman ecclesia, I'm going to build my ecclesia. And they understood what he was talking about. This wasn't new to them. They understood the concept within the context of what was going on at that point in time. And he said, and the gates of hell, Hades, will not prevail or overpower it. It, it cannot. You remember in Daniel, the stone hit the earth and began to grow and grow and grow until it consumed the whole earth. That's talking about the kingdom of God. Um, and Jesus was making the same statement. And so we need to understand is that we don't go to church. All right. We are the church. We are the church. We are the, you as the church, you and Ians, we are the temple of God in which the spirit of God dwells. We are the church. You know, they go like we're going to church, like the meeting, the building is the church. No, we are the church. Wherever two or three meet, we are the church. It's just like it doesn't have to have, you know, songs, worship, you know, shouting, screaming, microphones, amplifiers. Um, we don't have to have a building. We we need to have us. We are the church. We are the ecclesia. We are the ones that receive the law from the the king, and now we practically implement that. We agree on that law. We agree on that truth. We agree on it, and we now we take it and we implement it. We apply it. We we walk in it. Faith without works is dead. We begin to take the the faith the faith laws or the faith principles or the faith truths that God gives us, and we begin to bring it out into the, uh, the marketplace, into the culture where you and I find ourselves. And so that's what we begin to do, and we implement it and apply it. And um, that and we we are the church. That's all we do. So we don't go to church. We are not the building. Um, the building is not the church. The building is a facility. It can be a small facility. It can be a big facility. It can be no facility. It doesn't have to be uh, that. That's not the church. If you don't have it, you doesn't mean you haven't got a church. I've got people all the time asking me, send us money to build our church. And it's just like, I go, oh my word, you know, you just like, first off, I, I just 
don't support buildings. <laughs> I don't build buildings. I've, you know, that's like never, God's never ever laid that on my heart. First off, I have no vision to build buildings or to build people's buildings for that matter. Um, I build people. And uh, the, the people building is in relationship first. That's the kingdom of God. Jesus was sent. God so loved the world that he sent his only son, not, not his only prophet or priest or uh, pastor, but he sent his son. And the whole point was he came to establish relationship. And so that's the, the next thing about it. You know, from um, Isaiah, we know this scripture, we quote it every Sunday, but for unto us, a child is born unto us, a son is given. All right. So first off, um, a child has to be birthed. So we need the birthing in, of the kingdom of God in, into people. Uh, we need to be birthed into the kingdom of God. That's where born again comes from. And then unto us a son is given. Now God gives a son to, uh, to the world. He sends out sons. Matthew 13, sons of the kingdom. He sows sons of the kingdom. He doesn't sow ministers. He doesn't sow prophets, apostles, teachers. He doesn't sow those into the world. He sows sons of the kingdom. Go and look at it again. We've, we've adopted so many religious concepts and little cliches and little terms that we've received from, you know, from history. We don't question it. We don't ask about it. Um, in fact, I heard somebody talking this. A lot of what we do today is built upon uh, St. Augustine, who who set a lot of this up and and uh, it it just get we blindly accept it now i haven't done church history studies and that stuff so i'm just telling you what somebody i heard somebody saying and and um but we didn't go back to what jesus said what does jesus say and and you know is like we've changed the terms we've changed the definition we've changed um things we've got a nice little church cliches and it it's never what god wanted so we so gifting we so uh, ministers we sow people you know people in that frame of reference um, rather than giving a son and sons reflect and represent their heavenly father and the kingdom of god in what they do and uh, and that's where trans transformation comes from um, we're trying to do things in the worldly organizational way and it does not work it hasn't worked in 2000 years and we're still trying to do it we're still trying to get different results now thank god he's gracious to us and that things still happen but we need a change of mindset we need a change of heart and we need a change of terms in this and so we can define it properly and say you know it's not just about your ministerial gift or your ministerial qualification or your ability to preach but are you a son in character are you a son because sons are given and uh, then he goes on to say and the government shall be upon his shoulders so we spoke about that yesterday or the last time is that the government of god needs to be upon the shoulders of well sons carry government and that government is the kingdom of God. It's not uh, national government. It's the kingdom of God. It carries the kingdom of God into the governmental rule of God into the nations. And it goes on to say his name, talking about Jesus. And remember, he's the firstborn of many brothers, bringing many sons into glory. Hallelujah. And, uh, and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, the Mighty God. And what else? The Everlasting Father and the Prince of Peace. Now, each of those brings a dimension of the, of the life of, of Jesus as a son. But one thing as a son he did was he reflected his everlasting father and that's what we've got to do as sons we've as leaders first first and foremost we need to understand we are the church all right so we we fit into that as an agency we fit into this community into this culture group called the ecclesia and uh, and as i said before number two is we've got to understand that we reflect the everlasting father and i've spoken about that in, in one of the units i think just before this one is the in the unit um talking about our investment um into the kingdom of god or our investment into the church i did that as a sunday talk last sunday in fact um, but uh, it's good to listen to that and to hear my heart on it first of all and and just grasp the whole concept of what it means 
to represent your father. Um, that that is very important. So, um, as sons, we've grown up sons, mature sons, don't represent a ministry. They don't represent a gift. They don't represent a denomination or an organization. They don't even represent another pastor. Do you know, all over the world I've gone and people ask me to uh, come to their church, to their meeting, and meet their pastor or their prophet or their apostle. And really, I'm not interested. You know, I just go like, really? But nobody, nobody sits with me and says, um, how is your relationship with Jesus, with Christ? How, how is your relationship as with the Father? How are you as a son? I remember one day we went camping and this guy came up uh, to the campsite and he was, um, he was just talking about... Uh, he, he was applying to some charity or something or other and millions of dollars was going to come and he was going to buy this and buy that and and he and he was like testing me to see um, how I would uh, conform to his plan and he said I will buy you this uh, this venue and uh, and uh, you know and you can then just do what God's called you to do and it was all about millions and millions and millions and I sat there and I said to him um, all right great wonderful that's it but who are you and boy he just sat there looked at me and i said how is your relationship son of god with your father do you are you representing him in what you do right now and boy he was taken aback and i said how who are you before you do before you promise anything i want to know who you are how's your relationship with the father do you reflect and represent him in what you're doing? Do you represent him to your wife and to your children? And boy, this guy got so mad. The next morning, um, we were on the mountain and he, uh, he grabbed, because he brought his little boy with, he grabbed his little boy, shoved him into a, um, his Mercedes Benz and raced off the mountain. I think he tore half his uh, exhaust pipe, outlet pipe off on the mountain down the rocks. But he was out of there. He came to me like two weeks later and he said, I lost myself there and I found myself again. And I said, no, what you did was you found your function. You, you could not identify with anything other than what you do and how rich you're going to be. Never heard from him again. Never got his millions of dollars and I hope that the seed of the questions asked him will actually bring forth a harvest in his life. So um, that is the important question. Sonship, your church, son, father, all right? Those are important things. The other thing we need to understand is that in Ephesians chapter 2.19, the Lord says this. Consequently, I mean, Paul says that consequently, you're no longer foreigners and strangers, but your fellow citizens glory to God, fellow citizens. Um, you've got to understand is that, you know, being a leader doesn't mean anything exceptional about you. It just means that you've, you've found your purpose and you, you're leading your purpose within your own life. And people are getting invested into your purpose. That's really what it is. It's not about finding followers. It's about Finding your purpose and doing it, you know, running with it as a son, not uh, reflecting the father, not as a minister. Um, God so loved the world that he sent his son. <laughs> it's relationship. He came to reveal relationship. That's what God wanted you to see. But we also come into the place of finding citizenship. We become citizens, all right? So no longer foreigners and strangers. People out there are foreigners and strangers. What are they looking for? Their citizenship. That gives them grounding. That gives them security. That gives them provision. That gives them a king who rules with justice, with, with love, with peace, and with righteousness. And that, that's what they're looking for. So um, we come into the place of being fellow fellow citizens, not superior citizens, not you are all citizens and I'm the king or the, the chairman of all the citizens. There is no such thing. We're all fellow citizens with God's people. And he goes on to say also members of his household. The, the definition of household is interesting. It's a house and its occupants regarded as a unit. 
so the household or the community of God, that's the ecclesia. Um, we are members now of his household, not members of a denomination, members of a church. We are members of his household, of his family. Um, another translation says you're fellow citizens, fellow citizens with the saints, with God's people, and family members of God. That's why he calls us sons and daughters of God. Amen. So we all come into that into that place of being um as members of his oikos, of his community, of his family. That's where fellowship comes from, is the fellowship of the family. And uh, the thing that we've lost kind of in the whole uh, production we have today is family. We've lost that DNA. I mean, one, you know, one leader fought me, you know, because he didn't want family, because he didn't trust people. He didn't trust me. He's a pastor, but he doesn't trust the people around him. I mean, how does that work? Imagine me going to my children and saying, I don't trust you. <laughs> it's just like, then I haven't done my job as a father. Let's face it. I, you know, if I, if I go to them and I say, I, I, you know, um, I don't um, trust you, I haven't done my job as a father. So um, we need to get to the place again that we understand that this ecclesia, this church, is not is is filled with the spirit of god they are the sons and daughters of god they are fellow citizens with god they all they sh we've got to grow them up to reflecting the father you know we've got to help them mature we've got to equip them to become mature so that they reflect the heavenly father the everlasting father and that they uh, be become responsible members of god's family we, we teach people to be members. We teach them our vision, but we don't teach people um, what it is to be responsible members of the household of God. We make them responsible members of my vision, of my ministry, but not of the, um, of the, the community of God. We don't make them fellow citizens. So um, we, in the Titus 1.7, he talks about since an overseer manages God's household. So we're supposed to manage the household of God, not lord it over. He says, you must be blameless, not overbearing, not overbearing, that's lording over, overbearing, controlling, manipulative, not quick-tempered. Oh my goodness, I've seen so many leaders quick-tempered, um, not given to drunkenness. And that could be anything, not given to, to um, anything. Uh, not violent and not pursuing on dishonest gain. Oh, there's too many leaders pursuing dishonest gain in the household of God. They rip off people in the household of God. Rip them off. Manipulate them to give, uh, they, to get money in any way. Listen, if, God, if you're not getting provision to do what God's called you to do, then you shouldn't be doing what God's called you to do. Well, or that you think God's called you to do. Let me rather say that. If maybe it's not the right time. Maybe you're not doing what you're supposed to be doing. Maybe it's not your garden of Eden. You know what I'm saying? All right. Just thinking about that. So what does God's household look like? What is God's community? What is? And that's the thing is what we need to understand is we are a citizenship of family in God's household. We, we are not, we're not this militant extreme group. We, we're not this, these um, passive people that just sit around and, uh, you know, drink spiritual milk every day. There's, there's, a, there's, a, there's an order to the house. There's, there's boundaries. There's discipline. There is encouragement. There's, you know, strength in the house of God as as sons sons get out and they till the land they go out and as citizens as sons of God represent their father into the communities they don't sit at home and oh we love each other and pat 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 and hug 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 but they actually do stuff that is important so um we we need to understand these things <laughs> so what does the household of God look like 1 John chapter 2 verse 12 to 14 the household of God looks like this. He says, I'm writing to you, dear children, because your sins have been forgiven on account of his name. I'm writing to you, fathers, because you know him who is from the beginning. This is John speaking, writing here. And I'm writing to you, young men, because you have overcome the evil one. He's writing to the ecclesia. 
He's writing to the church. He's writing to the household of God. And he says, in the household of God, I'm writing to you babies. I'm writing to you fathers. I'm writing to you young men. I'm writing to you children because you know the father. I write to you fathers because you know him was from the beginning. I write to you young men because you are strong and the word of God lives in you and you have overcome the evil one. So let us look at what that looks like in the Amplified Bible. So um, this is important. Um, I'm writing to you little children. This is now 1 John chapter 12 to 14, okay? Verse 12, I'm writing to you little children, believers, dear ones, because your sins have been forgiven for his name's sake. So that's pretty simple. There's Those are young babies who come into come into the family of God, they are born again, they become believers, um, they experience God, the forgiveness of God in their life, they love Jesus with all their heart, they get baptized, they just want to, they just want to love God, worship, serve God, you know, in, in the little things, um, they, they just want to hug everybody, been there, I was there, I was so excited, and, and they just, they want to tell about the love of Jesus everywhere they go, they just, it's amazing to see, love to see it i love to see people um, that get saved and and born again and they come into the things of god but now comes the the journey that's the beginning all right that's the beginning and it's he says they are pardoned and released from their spiritual debt through the name of jesus because they have confessed his name believing in him as lord and savior all right so wonderful then verse three i'm writing to you fathers those believers who are spiritually mature where are the mature moms and dads in the house where are the the spiritually mature ones who are not after ambitious position and titles and ministries and want to start their own churches but those that are grown up in the house and are prepared to nurture the little ones and 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 encourage the, the the young men listen to this those believers who are growing in spiritual maturity and oh no, sorry those believers who are spiritually mature because you know him who has exist, existed from the beginning these moms and dads they know the father they represent the father to these young younger uh, generations growing up in the household of God. Where is that? All we want to do is militant. All we want to do is breakthrough. All we want to do is sit in the pews and get nice messages and uh, you know build somebody's house, the king's house, the chairman's house, the the CEO's house. You know my vision. Build the building. Build the building. Build the building. I mean, oh my God, we wake people. We kill them. We destroy them um, in doing our thing. You know, you got to help me do more. Uh, you know, it's just like, really, um, you know, buy me, buy me, buy me, buy me a roof, buy me sound equipment, buy me trucks, buy me, because I'm anointed, I'm gifted, I'm called of God to do great things for God. Give me, give me, give me, my name is Jimmy. You know, it's just like, really? Um, where's the household of God in all of this? We want to win thousands to the Lord. And thank God, you know, it's like, it's a good thing. But who is giving them family? Where, who is equipping people to grow up and mature to become these moms and dads? Where is the family of God? Where is the household of God? We all want to be um, ministers. We all want to be prophets. We all want to be apostles. We all want to preach and shout and scream and show how wonderful our gift is. And if you don't, if if you if you don't give me a place, I'll go and start my own. If you don't give me a ministry, I'll go start my own. If you don't pay me a salary, I'll start my own. Or I'll manipulate you, or I'll, con you know, I, I will con you into giving to me. Uh, goodness gracious, Lord's alive, heaven help us in the church of Jesus Christ to become a household. Where are they? And then he says, I'm, I'm writing to you young men, those believers who are growing in spiritual maturity, growing, they in the process of growing up. What do they do? Because you have been victorious and overcome the evil one. Have we as moms and dads, first off, have we equipped the, the household of God to grow up into becoming moms and dads who will actually help those believers growing up into spiritual maturity, those young men and women who can be victorious? I don't even see that anymore. Who are victorious and have overcome the evil one. I don't see that Everybody is running to meetings to the next most anointed one and to get the blessing of 
prosperity and success and and you know oh god pray for me lay hands on me you know it's just they, they don't know how to be victorious and overcome the evil because the thing is out of order that's why we haven't got the rule of god we've got the rule of man we've got the rule of the church but we haven't got, you know, and I'm talking about man's church, buildings, etc. We haven't got the rule of God. We haven't got the rule of the king. We haven't got the kingdom of God. We haven't got the family of God. There's no realization of that because everybody's like trying to get their own blessing, trying to get blessed and get their own ministry. Heaven, and that's one of the reasons I've taken years before I've even started doing this. Because I just... I just fight this whole thing. I said, God, I don't want to do it until I know I'm going to represent you in this thing. Whatever it is. I've written to you children, he says, those who are new believers, those who are spiritually immature. We've got to understand they are going to be spiritually immature people who are not going to get it right. But our job is to have moms and dads. Where are they? The moms and dads who can raise up them into being coming those who are growing in spiritual maturity, becoming victorious and overcoming the evil one. And how do they become? He goes on to say, he says, um, I've written to you, young men, because you are strong and vigorous and the word of God remains in you. The moms and dads will, will impart the word of God, the word of the kingdom into them. And you've be, been victorious over the evil one. <laughs> been victorious over the evil one glory to god we need some of that in the household of god but we've got to have a household we've got to have a household we can't have our own little thing doing our own little thing amen this is what we've got to what we've got to begin to um, establish again you know i went into a church and i said let's build family this is not about me i, I i'm not looking to become anything i'm, I'm just going to guide you into family and, and they couldn't, not they, the pastor couldn't, the pastor wouldn't. He says like, I don't want this. I want to be senior pastor. He had 20 people, 20 people. And he wants to be the senior pastor. We're going to deal with some of these title things at another time. But my, just, I, I just want to say, sh shut up and sit down. Just become a fellow citizen, become a, become a, a household become a mom and dad who just loves people into growth and into maturity love the babies maybe we don't we're not getting enough babies because there's no moms and dads to love them and nurture them and i'm not talking about love just like oh sophie i uh, love you with the love of the lord but you know it's like when we we love them with growth I, you know with with my son's I love them. I love them tremendously. But when they were growing up, I had to correct them. I had to set boundaries in their life. I don't go, no, you won't do that. No, you won't talk to your mother that way. No, you won't have that attitude. That's not right. Let me show you what it is. I, Jesse, he's now 23, but when he was a baby, a, you know, little boy, like two, three years old, four years old, I used to get, go down and say, Jesse, look into my eyes. And let me tell you now, dad is telling you. All right. So I didn't want to come lord it over him. I would get down to his level and say, Jesse, look at me. You cannot do this. You will not do this. And so, you know, we, we, we had to guide them. And, and then they grew up into teenage. Man, it was like tough times. You know, sometimes I had to get in the face and go, wait a minute. You think you can control this household. You're not controlling this household. I'm the dad. Yeah. You know, I'm dad in this household. And so you you got to calm yourself down here. All right. And so, you know, we had to do those things. Now they've grown up. We I have wonderful relationship with all my our children, my wife and I. They are a blessing to our life. They speak into our lives. They encourage us. They're leaders of our lives now, you know, and that's fine by me. I'm happy with that. And so, but but what we want to do is in the household of God, we don't care. We just don't care. We, we want our position, our title. We want to preach and prophesy. We want to go to the nations, but we're not prepared to stay at home and raise up the family of God. You know, young men today, they just like they see the guy in the pulpit and they go, I want to be like that. I'm going to go off to the nations. I'm going to go off wherever. And people come to me and they say, I'm going. I'm like, That's fine. Go. I pray. Bless, bless you. You know, um, just 
I'm here when you need me. I mean, I can't fight, fight with that, but I'm going like, who's going to stay at home? Who's going to build the household of God? Who, who is going to raise the babies? Who's going to raise the young men so they become victorious and overcoming and established in the word of God? Who's going to do that? Oh, the ministers. We want a pastor to do that. Where's the mom and, moms and dads? You see, moms and dads, they don't just teach information. They impart. They impart impartation. They impart revelation. They impart character and life. They impart um, attitude. They impart wisdom. What we do is go, old people, get out the way. It's now us. And I'm not talking about just old in gray. Okay, I've got the gray. But, you know, not just the gray. We, we, we kind of like avoid, um, we avoid them doing, you know, uh, uh, we, we just want to avoid, avoid the mature. No, you know, kick them out, kick them out, kick them out. Listen, when, when people become grandparents, they've got something to share. They've walked through life. But, you know, the most of the problem is today we've got grandparents in age who are immature spiritually. We've got uh, leaders in, in um, position who are spiritually and in character immature. They haven't yet got the victory in their own life. They can't zip up their zipper. They can't keep their little thingies inside their pants. They can't, you know, they, they, they can't keep their hands out of the out of the uh, the money. They, they can't help themselves. They've got to manipulate people to get what they want. And, and yet they, we have them as leaders. They want to control. They want to manipulate. They want to enrich themselves. They're ambitious for dishonest gain. <laughs> this, these things cannot be. I pray in the name of Jesus that we'll begin to see a generation of people going, you know, I'm prepared to be a fellow citizen of the kingdom of God in the church, in the ecclesia of God. I'm prepared to reflect my father in what I'm doing. I'm prepared to grow up until I'm a son that can be sowed into the cultures of the world and be a son at home. But not only a son, but I can grow up spiritually to become a mom and a dad in the household of God so that I can help the generations grow up. You know, that's the difference between us and some other religions. They prepare to wait they prepare to invest in the generations we're not we want to get blessed today we want our ministry today we want to prophesy today and we want to we want you to release us today give me give me give me so i can do my thing wherever i am and you know people write to me all the time and i go hello um they go give me uh minister for me and i go uh let's first develop a relationship <laughs> this week just this week I, I made the mistake, I, I, I say, I'll never do. My wife got all over me and she said, I agreed to minister for somebody. And I just, I just okay, you know what? Um, I want to give healing because I'm believing God for, I was believing God for healing. So I want to give it out. And they asked me to minister healing. I said, sure, I'll minister healing. Man, the thing turned around on me. And, you know, it's like, oh, no, you've got to give $1,000 to preach now to our, in our country. I said, what? Say What? You must give a thousand dollars to preach in our country. It's not going to happen. I don't need this in my life. I don't need a platform. I, you know what I'm? I mean, I talk to uh, um, young men and women around the world. I, I love doing that. I don't like preaching to crowds in that sense. You know, I will do it, but that's not my priority. My priority is you, individual, personal. You know, I've traveled, as I told you before, I've traveled thousands of miles to other nations to meet with one person, one person, because I believe in investing in that one person in the church of Jesus Christ. He's the church or she's the church. And so, you know, that's what I, I believe in. So why would I look for a platform to preach? Now they want to manipulate me for a thousand bucks to get so they can promote their ministry. Is that not going to happen? Then they want to promote it in the Facebook group. Not going to happen. Not going to happen. <laughs> But simply because I don't believe in it. I don't believe it's the kingdom of God. I'm going, where's the relationship? Are you contributing to the household of God? Let me see that first. Before you get promoted. Before you get me to do this and that. And when I walked away from that situation and Michelle said, I told you. Why do you do those things? I said, you know, I just believe in people. And she goes, well, you know, <laughs> it's a proven. In, the, in, in, in religion, you, <laughs> it's just sad. It's sad. All right, so that's what I wanted to share with you today. It's the foundations that you need to build on, all right? The foundations you need to build on. Hey, uh, do you know it's great to have you with me on this call? Um, so 
um, on, on this live broadcast. And uh, Iran, Imran, thank you so much, but I appreciate it as well. Um, and we're going to keep, so this week, um, every day I'm going to be putting up one. Uh, for this week, just this is the basic foundations of, um, you know, Kingdom Leadership Equipping, one of the academy. And then more is coming after this. Um, I love you lots, buddy. You too, man. I really appreciate you. I'm so looking forward to uh, coming and uh, meeting with you when I come over that side of the world again. Um, I said to my wife, I'm just like, I'm so excited about um, getting to meet with you. So that is going to be good. I, <laughs> um, and um, I also wanted to say is like, I'm going to be doing the KLE12. So there's going to be a group, a small group of committed people that are wanting to grow in their leadership um, and uh, not through information and books and studying and but through relationship through impartation through sharing hearts and growing together and and going out and influencing the world and and so um, part of that will be this so um, people as they come into um, into the whole um, into the group they'll have gone through some of the academy material and so they have concepts already of what a, a king what kingdom leadership is about and so um, you know we can talk these things through and implement them and what does it mean to me etc so um, awesome Dina I'll let you know <laughs> I'll let you I shouldn't do this live because everybody's going to be asking me to come and meet with them but <laughs> I can't do that, but I definitely come to your part of the world because I still have a son and daughter-in-law and a granddaughter um, out that way. So, um, yeah, in Worcester, in Worcester. So, um, yeah, so I'll be coming uh, definitely and connecting up with you and spending time with you. It'll be awesome. Look forward to it. All right. So that's from me over and out. I hope you can... Uh, I <laughs> um, hope you can handle um, some of my passion and some of my uh, my uh, vigorous energy and conviction in this area. And I pray that uh, you'll really grasp this. Please listen with your heart. Don't just listen with your ear. Listen with your heart and, and um, pray these things through and uh, hear what God is saying to you. Go and check it out in the scriptures. Don't, don't just take my word for it. Take it and go look at the scriptures. All right? So until tomorrow, this is Sean saying, God bless you.